Welcome back to Juxtaposition. I'm Justin and LC, my brother. Um, I hope you're well. And of course, you know, I got to ask uh, for especially for those uh, listeners who are on the phone who heard or those who didn't hear last week's uh, five minute Friday. Let's give them a little preview um, or even a recap for those who listened. Um, you know, any any remaining thoughts um, for one, I hope you're well, but any remaining thoughts <laughs> on, you know, that particular five minute Friday, anything that you think our, our audience should latch on to? Yeah, first up, bro, what's going on? All is well, blessed and favored. And I, I want to say I do love how we jump right into the substance and don't have a whole bunch of jargon in the yeah. beginning. Like we really get to it to hopefully grab the audience attention of the substance that we're trying to lay out here. Mm-hmm. But all is well, my guy. Awesome. And, uh, related to that five minute Friday, it was very meaty mm-hmm. and substantive. Like that, that was a five minute Friday that I would encourage my friends to listen to a few more times just to ensure that they're really sucking away the 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 substance that mm-hmm. you kind of provided there. And I'm not gonna lie, the message for me. It felt like a, a five course meal, right? But only the first half of that five course meal. So we're gonna That's we're gonna true. serve up the rest, you know, later on for with these guys in this episode. But uh, but the substance, I, I love how you started off with the race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, for those that do not know what I'm talking about, please go back and listen to the interlude because it's really important to uh, understand what we mean by the race. And this race that we all find ourselves in, that I'm trying to articulate on is the one that we find ourselves chasing that reward or that prize, right? That mm-hmm. prize of being told you're a great parent, you're a great boss or employee, you're an awesome spouse, etc. right? And even more so how connected our race is with what we're committed to, right? Because you're not going to start a race if you're not committed to finishing it. So that kind of goes in line. So I'll take it a step further and say that what we're committed to reflects our perception of our own purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So hence when your race isn't going the way you expected, you hit a few potholes, if you will, mm-hmm. you trip, fail, scripture your knee. <laughs> a lot of us will actually drop out of that race, mm-hmm. never accomplishing the things that God intended for us, right. right? So even the story that you shared of the three Hebrew boys um, that you highlighted it on the intro, and I know we're going to talk more about later, you know, what they were committed to before facing their test of fire mm-hmm. and, and, and how they just managed their understanding of where they were in that race. I think it really matters. So going back to that original thought that I had, my question for the audience really is what race are you currently running? Right. And does the race, that you're running seek out God's plan or your own plan. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's important, I'll just go back to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he'll establish your plans. Again, whatever you do, mm-hmm. and he'll establish your plans. Um, so if you're unsure, if you understand if you're committed to how God does things versus how you do things, here's some some hints or some questions you could ask yourself. So first off, how we spend our time as well as our finances, that's an evidence of what we're committed to. Mm -hmm. How irritated you become when what you believe you're committed to isn't giving you the results you desire. Mm -hmm. 
what is your responding actions, right? I'm committed to my marriage, but because my wife, she isn't and hasn't been attentive to my sexual needs over the last few weeks, month, now I'm spending more time at the bar just to catch a game, you know, living in my own peace. Or, you know, maybe you're that, that mom that loves wearing her yoga pants uh, and you want to be committed to being healthy, but you never find time to go to the gym. Because you want to make your kids, you know, the center of your life. And because they come first, your health is now on a back burner. Mm. Or saying that you're committed to saving money, but every time the weekend comes around, you got to be in the streets, living your best life, uh, spending it however it makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. And so I say all to say that our commitment reflects the treasure of our heart. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that God wants to be that treasure of our heart. So I just want to be clear on that. So. In other words, what we are committed to, that promotes the love of God in us. And what we can realize from that is that that is going to allow us to receive the reward that is waiting for us at the end of the race, when it's actually over. Because we won't have the desire to drop out of something that's promoting God's love for us, if that makes any sense. So when you say... um what we're committed to promotes the love of God. What do you mean by that? So what we're committed to promoting the love of God, if I, if I say that, you know what, my actions are going to be a service to what God has done for me and I committed myself to him, mm-hmm. that's going to promote his love in everything that I do. Whether it's a, a, a trial situation, I'm going to see his glory. Whether it's a successful, successful situation, I'm going to see his glory. Mm-hmm. Everything that I put myself in, my focus, going back to some of the episodes we talked about before, with that walking on water experience, mm-hmm. regardless of what is happening mm-hmm. in the background, my commitment is focusing on Jesus. So because my commitment is focusing on that, mm-hmm. his love has no choice but to consistently be shown in how I operate in my life. Yeah, that makes me think of the peace that surpasses all understanding, right? And that doesn't happen organically um, through osmosis and lack of intentionality. It actually requires us to to involve God or be committed enough to involve God into the depths of our our life. And, And when those good things, when those bad things happen, to your point, you're able to walk on that water unlike yes. Peter who who looked yes. around at the storm and I think that 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 was a really good point and I think that will be illuminated through the story of Daniel that we'll unpack and I think one thing also is that um one thing you, you well a few things you said I think really highlights us uh, highlights the importance of being honest and reflecting yeah. back on those bank statements, those attitudes, those habits, those mindsets that reveal what we're really committed to. So yep. we can, you know, convince ourselves that to your point, I'm committed to my health. I'm committed to, you know, building my finances. I'm committed to my relationship with God, but everything in our life can, can really highlight that we're lying to ourselves. to the point of that episode we, we came out with a few weeks ago, but, but love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I was going to add real mm-hmm. quick. It literally almost put juxtaposition in the opposite. Our actions juxtapose what we say. Mm. That's good. So, That's good. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump back into the book uh, that I used yeah. during the Five Minute Friday last week. Again, check it out if you haven't. So I used the book Daniel. Uh, and, you know, I actually find it, Elsie, very interesting that many people don't talk about that book often. Mm-hmm. Um 
but uh, I think that's in part because a lot of us are not doing our due diligence to dissect these these rich elements of scripture that have the ability to transform our life and those around us. But um, when it comes to Daniel, we typically only really hear about like that popular and sometimes cliche Daniel's fast, right? But yeah. again, the book of Daniel has so much richness within it today. And I think we're, Elsie, only going to be able to really unpack a slither of, of the mm. story just because there's so much context within. So, yeah. um, of course, within the interlude, we focus on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And I, I really think to the point that I said earlier, we'd be remiss if we didn't unpack the story of Daniel himself a little bit more, especially as it relates to the topic of our episode today um, that I don't actually think we said. Today's episode is, what are you committed to? So um, as we think of as we think of Daniel, you know, I really want to emphasize that um like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we are also committed to something, right? We've kind of spelled that out a little bit, but I'll unpack it a little bit a little bit more. So um, our life is a result of what we've been committed to, right? You make that bed yeah. and you're going to lie in it. So if we're honest, again, that is very important for us to, to be in this life, uh, particularly with ourselves. But if we're honest, some of us are committed to selfishness, Right. Uh, and, and the actions and, and the, the, the life that we live and the way we make people feel, whether we realize it or not, really highlights that, right? Some of yeah. us are committed to bitterness. Some of us are committed to keeping records of wrong. Um, mm. Some of us are committed to having things go our way. Um, and when they don't, we are happy to send folks back on their highway, even if that is God, right? Um, mm. Others are committed to, as mom Elsie would call it, their pet demons, right? Looking and acting the part, even potentially showing up to the podcast, listening or showing up to church, you might even be doing great things, giving to the poor, paying your tithes. But some of those very people are not doing the inner work, right? The things like healing, the things like developing, renewing the mind to see what's been right in front of your eyes all mm. this time. Um, so, you know, to that point, we're in society where therapy has become sensationalized. It's the thing to do. Everybody needs a therapist, but it just seems to me, Elsie, let me know if I'm tripping, but the world seems to be crazier, but day by yeah. day, right? So clearly, yeah. clearly therapy in of itself without <laughs> your intentionality is, 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 is kind of uh, just a part of the puzzle, right? So Elsie, yeah. before we jump into Daniel's story a bit, I really want to get your thoughts. Let's unpack your brain a bit as it relates to commitment, specifically as it relates to Elsie, what you are committed to, and even how this has evolved with time, right? So I would love yeah. some context so that our listeners can understand what has led to or what has even stifled your commitment now or even in the past. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's a very provoking question because as you said earlier, you have to be very honest with yourself, right? And I can speak from my past. My original commitment was honestly towards people, mm -hmm. right? Um, almost influences in a sense. Like people that I looked at was like mentors or had a form of strength and leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and, and growing up, 
it was really important for me to prove my self-worth to people mm-hmm. um, that I was committed to. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that that was my line of thinking at the time. And whether I realized or not, it was very, very turbulent for me mm-hmm. because I wanted to prove so bad how valuable I was to people. Yep. Right. So this turbulence led to my career uh, had my, the turbulence was was impacting not just on me, but my career, mm-hmm. my mental health, mm-hmm. even my relationships with my family members, even mm-hmm. you at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yet I was still committed to proving everyone wrong that doubted me. So in spite of the turbulence, I still was like hardcore committed to proving everybody wrong and and, and, and showing my value. And again, this is all self-promotion. God wasn't yeah. involved in any of this. And and it's funny, though, because even <clears> though. I was being selfish, as you kind of allude to, through God's grace. I was still able to come out on top of a lot of my turbulent experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing is, though, what God was doing at the time that I didn't realize, when my turbulent experiences would conclude, I would be left with this, like, really empty feeling, going back to one of our last episodes mm-hmm. of what was the point? Like, mm-hmm. why did I even go through that, right? And the reality was is because I tried to reclaim what my father had already made available for me. Mm. And due to my infant stage of life, I was unaware of my purpose as well as my actions and my role in my life, right? So when I go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, this is something that I did not understand. Mm -hmm. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Mm. Right. So my work was about me, never my father, Mm -hmm. even though I went to church, I prayed, I did all the quote unquote things, you know, you are traditionally taught. However, my actions were a reflection of my personal desire. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't God's desire, but it was mine. I felt that I had a God-given right to operate in this way. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm if i to fast forward to who I am now, I realized how flawed I was, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now my perspective is I'm committed to my father mm-hmm. and his plan. And the reality is I don't always understand it. Right. I, I, I don't know the full blueprint. He didn't come down and give me no master. I don't know, but I am committed to it. Mm-hmm. And this mindset has actually allowed me To be appreciative of being corrected, Mm. being humbled and reminded of who I am supposed to be when I'm operating outside of my father's will. And the reason why I say my father is where my commitment lives is because I have found nothing on this earth, Jay, Mm -hmm. nothing that can bring loyalty, that delivers sustainability and undeniable results like God. I I haven't found it. Bruh, and and I also haven't. Yeah, and you know, and the thing is, I think that's what all of us are searching for in the mm-hmm. world, right? What's going to sustain? Yeah. What's going to make me feel these things, right? So, for example, again, I found that my marriage, my career, mm-hmm. my children, my parents, my degree, all these other wonderful things I've been able to experience, they couldn't help me feel whole, right? Right on this journey of life, fulfilling my purpose and what I was committed to. Those. Don't get me wrong, my wife, my kids, all those are so important and integral pieces of who Absolutely. I am, but I, they, they did not make me feel whole because right. I was committed to being a great dad. I was committed to being a great spouse and a son, et yeah. cetera, yet I was operating in a state of mind of destruction. 
So in other words, the math wasn't math, right? right so right. I, I was saying one thing, but doing basically the opposite. And, mm. you know, one thing that, that put into context what this life should look like for me, uh, and, and again, it's such a perplexing realization. If you go to Ecclesiastics, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go through 10. So this is... Uh, These are words of the teacher from King David's son who ruled in Jerusalem. Starting at verse two, everything is meaningless, says the teacher, Mm. completely meaningless. Mm. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around and rises again. The Mm. wind blows south, then it turns north. Around it goes and blows in circles. Mm. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is worsome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Mm. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but Mm -hmm. actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We do not remember what happened in the past Mm -hmm. and in the future generations. No one will remember what we are doing now. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So let's just take a quick breath Mm -hmm. for a second. Because, again, for me, I remember first time reading that portion of the text, I had to ask myself, if everything under the sun is meaningless, Mm. and if I'm always feeling like at the end of my challenges I may have, Mm -hmm. what's the point? Mm -hmm. Then clearly something in that text is true. Mm -hmm. Right? And then I had to also ask myself, well, then what connects me to my purpose? So that I'll know what I'm committed to, right? And that brings back this very simplistic text that we've definitely talked about before uh, related to how we think in our plans, right? So going to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 through 21. Mm -hmm. Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. And I want to be, I want to stop there real quick. If you're going to get advice and instruction, that is not from your friends that just want to hear you complain. Mm -hmm. That is not from people that just want to make you feel good about yourself. Advice and instruction to be wise is challenging. Okay. So just want to add that in there. Verse 21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. So my plans are no longer my plans, Jay. Mm -hmm. My understanding of life is meaningless, meaningless without the understanding of God's purpose for me. So that's how I was able to, in some aspects, hope I answered your question around yeah, what I'm committed to. You did. And, I, and I'm willing actually to, to be very vulnerable in this episode as well, in any episode, honestly. But I want to take it a step back. Um, you talked about the fact that even earlier in your issues or your, your tumultuous moments or your challenging moments where you know, your, your commitments were in the flesh, proving people wrong. And, you know, that impacted so many things in your life. And I, I want to really highlight that you said 
God's grace still allowed you to come out on top. That part. Right. Um, however, that led to many of the what's the point moments mm-hmm. uh, that many of us have experienced. So I, I want to underscore the fact that you may, in theory, be very successful. Right. You may have you may be that it woman, it guy in your family. Right. Um and that is not a true indication of the commitment or not. What am I trying to say? I guess your your quote unquote earthly form of success, taking it back to Ecclesiastes, like your form of success, like it, it doesn't matter if mm. it is not fulfilling the will of God, mm-hmm. right? You can dot the I's, cross the T's, climb the ladder, get the money, travel the world. It's, so it's meaning. So what, right? Yeah. You, you can be this person who just has just all this, this great reputation and all the above. And again, we are, we are, we are letting you know that that is not going to be the very thing that saves your family. Right. That's not going to be right. the very thing that actually elevates your understanding of your purpose, your destiny, mm-hmm. your impact. And again, you will have to make an account for your life. So totally agree or, or understand rather. I totally understand that some of you might not be committed to God. Right. You may be committed to feeling uh, feeling successful and, and getting the big house. You may be committed to taking as many vacations and, and, and all the above. But you will find yourself like Elsie, like you said, you know, you'll look at all these great things in your life, your marriage, your career, that money, the kids, the whatever. And you'll realize that well, if you uh, if you're willing to be honest, you will realize that you do not feel whole. Mm. And one thing I have I have learned about myself, you know, to the point of me being vulnerable in this episode, I shared I shared I believe it was the last episode or before the interlude I talked about my home that God gave me in 2015 when I was 25 years old and the things people would tell to me I mean I mean I heard a lot of crazy things when I first bought my home but one of the things that people said to me when I bought my home was oh boy you better you better get you a wife you better fill that house up like it was like I felt mm. this pressure of, mm-hmm. of of doing all these things because mm-hmm. I was at that time period and I have realized that most married people who who I I have known or who, who have tried to tell me what to do in my life, I have actually found that I have more peace than most of them, mm. right? I have uh, an immense level of contentment and joy and yeah. happiness, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's because God has given me the ability to focus and to, and, and to focus on my race, right? Not mm. to say that a marriage won't benefit my race, not to say my career won't amplify aspects of my life and kids and all the above, but many of us are committed to the wrong things. Yep. And we wonder why, despite my success, despite me getting that promotion, despite me buying that car I've always dreamt of, mm. why am I still empty? Ah, dog, boy. Woo. Woo. That's but hot. let's <laughs> let's let's dive into Dan- Daniel. Yeah. Um as mentioned, you know, in the interlude last week, God's chosen people, uh, the people who lived in the promised land, specifically the southern region of Jerusalem, 
They, in particular, experienced great success, yet a great downfall. Many years after becoming the most powerful and important tribe, um, the people in the southern kingdom of Jerusalem, they um, they were besieged. Essentially, they were overrun by uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And many of those inhabitants of Judah, the people who lived there in, in the southern uh, kingdom of Jerusalem, they were carried outside of their land into, into exile, into Babylon. Of those inhabit ab inhabitants, three were called, as we know very, you know, famously, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego. I do want to highlight these were their Babylonian names. So they had other names in Jerusalem, but when they came over, they were, you know, renamed, right? They, they essentially, the culture was forced upon them in some capacities, right? But we'll learn again that despite the culture being forced on them, they were committed to serving their God. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll put that on the side on the side for, for a sec. So Daniel, uh, amongst Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, he was often associated with them, right? Those were his home, his homeboys. So um, let's start uh, Daniel chapter one. Um, and I'm going to kind of give you the JC translation, Justin Caesar translation. <laughs> um, you know, so Daniel chapter one is, is following again, Jerusalem being uh, besieged and, and the inhabitants being taken into, into captivity. So basically, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, wanted those young men, um, particularly, you know, some of the, those young men who were pulled over from Jerusalem into Babylon. He wanted young men of nobility, young men of, of good appearance, young men who had um, wisdom, those who the king felt could stand in the king's palace. He wanted those men, including some of the, the, the Hebrew boys, he wanted them to be taught essentially like the literature, the language, the culture of this new land. In addition, the king actually wanted those chosen men, some of, you know, the God, God's chosen men to embody all aspects of the culture, including eating the king's food um, and even having the, the king's drink, his wine that he drank. And I'm going to be honest, Elsie. I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> put in the Bible because if <laughs> I was in the Bible back in those days. I would have been a well-fed drunkard. I'm going yep. to be honest, but God, God, he will not test you beyond <laughs> what you can handle. Thank you, Jesus. But back, but back to Daniel and, and the people who are committed to the right things. Um, let's start with Jan Daniel chapter one, verses eight, and then we're going to jump into 12 verses 20. So um, again, keep the, keep in the context, a lot of things were being forced upon them. And again, they, they were privileged to, to be these chosen men, particularly being men who are in exile, who, who were taken from their home. They're, they're chosen to, to adopt all these things that the King was doing. Right. Um, so Daniel one verse eight says, but Daniel resolved that he would not def defile himself with the King's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Jumping down to verse 12. Um, so essentially, um, it says, test your servants for 10 days, lest let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. So keep in mind, Daniel, three Hebrew boys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they essentially did not want to defile themselves. They were saying, just give us, let's, let's eat vegetables. Give us just water. Verse 13 says, then let our um, appearance and the appearance of the youths who actually are eating the king's food be observed by that chief eunuch and deal with your servants according to what you see. Verse 14, so he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. Again, there, Daniel 
and the Hebrew boys, they're eating vegetables and just drinking water for 10 days. Verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were in better, uh, they were in better, excuse me, verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who actually did eat the king's food. Verse 16, so the steward took away the food, their food and their wine. These are the guys who were actually were indulging. He actually took away their stuff and gave them vegetables because obviously what Daniel and, and his homeboys had going on was working. Mm-hmm. Verse 17, and for these four youths, uh, again, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all vision and dreams. Verse 18, at the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be bought in, the chief of the eunuchs bought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, the king. Verse 19, and the king spoke with them and among all of them, no one, among all of the young men who were selected, none were found to be like Daniel, Meshach, Shirach, and Abednego. Therefore, they stood before the king. Uh, verse 20, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found those boys who were committed to not defiling themselves. He found them to be 10 times better than all the king's magicians and enchanters and all who were in his kingdom. So, Daniel, his three homies, again, they had access to the creme de la creme, but because they were committed to not violating the law of Moses regarding the food that they weren't to eat, especially the food that was offered to idols, they made a bold stance that could have literally led to, could, could have led to the ending of their life. They were that committed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me think of being, you know, tapping into Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, which says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, excuse me, but whoever loses his life for God's sake will find it. So as a result of their faith and commitment to God, God not only preserved their life, but they received favor that had a significant impact not only on Daniel's life, but on the life of those who were around him. And what's unfortunate is that commitment uh, and results are like this chicken and the egg concept. Many people don't know what comes first, right? People look at people's lives and say, okay, did the commitment come first? Or, or was it the, the God results, results yeah, right? Yeah. Um, we want the we want the results, but many of us haven't tapped into the godly commitment, or we're we're thinking about our mess of a life and not realizing that that's a result of our commitment to some of the wrong things, for example. Yeah, no, and bro, one thing I will say to go back to that story of Daniel, I think it's really important that you highlighted culture, mm-hmm. right? Culture was a big driver of what people ate, what they drink, and and the first sign of commitment was I'm going to commit myself to the law of Moses, even though we do not exist under the law of Moses today because of grace. But at that time, mm-hmm. they were committed enough to the law that when the culture shifted, they did not shift, regardless of the risk it put them in. Right. So that commitment. We have to understand commitment always shows results, right? Mm-hmm. But you you won't see results without investment. So the three right. Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys, for example, as well as Daniel, they invested in an understanding that, as you said before, that their life is not their own, right? And mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of boldness um, there. And even, um, you know, to kind of turn from Daniel for a second and go to the three Hebrew boys, if we was to go to Daniel 
chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we were thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, Mm. we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Uh. Again, that's a very bold thing to say to a king right before you're mm-hmm. supposed to begin a death sentence. Talk about juxtaposing your current reality mm-hmm. again, right? You, you, what you're committed to is going to make you bold in times of trial, right? You, when you're facing your trials, what you're committed to is going to show <clears throat> up at that yes, moment. And here's the thing. The man was clear. They were clear. Even if we were to perish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all is still well, right? So with this statement, and 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 not having weak minds or being double-minded, meaning that one moment you try to act like you got your old faith together, something happens, and now you on change, going back to your old way of thinking and doing. Mm-hmm. At the end, even the fear of perishing, that will be elusive to us all because mm-hmm. of our understanding that our lives are not our own to start off with, right? right? We did not create ourselves. We have not sustained ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we sure can't prepare ourselves to live with a father who we do not trust, nor have ever committed our ways to. Mm. So. Mm. No, that's good. And I, I love what you said about what you're committed to will really come through in your time of trial. Yes, uh, I've heard someone a, while, a long time ago, if you squeeze an orange, you don't get a, a apple juice, right? We have a lot mm-hmm. of people who look like oranges, but they, they, mm-hmm. they're really frauds and they're apples. Mm-hmm. So I think if nothing else, if you're, if you're, if you're not willing to be honest, see what comes through you in your time of trial, right? Are you bold like these Hebrew boys or, or are you, are you not right? But um, let's, let's continue to jump in and, and see how this story progresses. So, Daniel, as we see, you know, and the three Hebrew boys, they get favor from God, also the king of Babylon. Um, So we expect, right, in theory, Daniel to have smooth sailing moving forward, right? Wrong. (laughs) That is not how this Jesus thing works. Yeah. Um, Now, I want to emphasize, you know, we won't grow if we're not tested or pruned Mm -hmm. or given a reason Mm -hmm. to show God that we actually truly believe who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, we're also unable to have testimonies that help others, um, you know, that emphasize that, you know, we really have come through these challenging moments and then allow other people to latch onto our faith so that they too can come through those challenging moments. Again, that emphasizes the fact that we're not here for ourselves. But back to Daniel, Daniel, Daniel 2, uh, chapter 2 begins to talk about this terrible dream that King Bab- uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had, right? And and that king called basically all his magicians and all his, you know, th- those wise men who were from, from that area. Um, he was trying to get them to explain the dream and the contents of it because it was quite concerning of a dream to him, but those guys couldn't. So that king, he was quite furious and he literally made, you know, this decree or this law that all wise men, whether you're a magician, whether you're one of those wise men who were bought in from from from, uh, from Judah, um, you know, he he said all of them will be destroyed because he was you know furious that they couldn't yeah. answer or or help explain or, or interpret his dream, and this goes to show a few things, but one in particular. 
commitment actually matters more than we may realize. So had Daniel played to the king's tune, ate his food, drank his drink, he still wouldn't have been spared, right? You Mm -hmm. know, to that point, that king was fed up and he was ready to kill them all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and of course, Daniel didn't know that. But thankfully, Daniel did choose a different route. Um, So that decree eventually made its way to Daniel. Daniel got word of it and he was committed not to his fear, but committed to pulling God into his mess or that situation so that he could be preserved. Um, So this is quite a lesson we all can learn from, right? Let's be committed to God, even in the midst of our storms. So Daniel chapter two, verse 17 through 23 says, then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, and, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So that can so that Daniel and his companions, those three boys, might not be destroyed with the rest of those wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel. Again, they they submitted to God and God revealed to Daniel what that vision was of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him to you O god of my fathers i give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we have asked of you for you have made known to us the king's matter and i you know for me this was provoking for me because you know, I had to look in the mirror and say, do I have the same kind of energy when I actually am committed to God and he pulls through for me? You know, um, you know, am I am I or have I been in a position where I failed to be committed to leaning on him, God, in order to see that breakthrough in my life, if that makes sense? No, that 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 makes perfect sense. Right. But it goes back to a few things that you said in that in that text, bro. So, you know, when you think about what Daniel did, right? So for the context, for the audience, you know, we, we also, we always kind of speak about putting these things into action, into practice, what we're discussing here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's, we got to kind of break it down a little bit more. So what Daniel did is he said, first, he acknowledged the trouble that was coming. He was aware, right. That things were happening. Then he got the other believers, as you said, his homeboys, mm-hmm. right? And he asked them to pray with them. And mm-hmm. I want to be clear. He did not say, let's pray to be free. Let's let's pray that the king die tomorrow in mm-hmm. his sleep. Let, let's pray that the whole, like, he didn't, that, that wasn't it. They asked for God to help them understand his purpose and his plan alone mm-hmm. so that they can be saved. And as you have went to uh, verse 20, when he woke up, he was able to identify that God delivered to him what he asked for. And he started mm-hmm. again with he, what did he do. He praised and acknowledged mm-hmm. God for his wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, again, bro, we talk about this all the time. Right. That, that acknowledging of Christ, not our own wisdom. We, we talked about that frequently. So, you know, going to it real quick, just for a quick reminder, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. Mm-hmm. Trust in. And rely confidently on mm-hmm. the Lord in all your heart. 
and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Mm -hmm. In all of your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth. Mm -hmm. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And again, why is all this important? This is what Daniel did. Mm -hmm. that, that, that one little three verses exactly what we saw Daniel display here. So my question for the audience, right? And this is, again, something that I want us to really focus on is what you are committed to. Does it bring you wisdom? Mm -hmm. When you're tested with hardships, does your commitment fall by the wayside or do you feel bold with faith, mm -hmm. right? These are just two triggering questions to get you to think, right? And please don't, don't do like how I used to do and lie to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. and, when, and what here's what I mean by when we lie to ourselves, guys. When you are so quick to say what you don't do, I don't do that. I, I don't mm -hmm. say that. I don't speak like mm -hmm. that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. You, you a whole lie. You a whole lie. Because you didn't even take a moment to sit back, right. digest what you just heard, look yourself in the mirror, and then ask yourself to watch your own response. So mm -hmm. I'm asking you guys just for us to even be more engaged in this in this lifestyle together of, of understanding who we are and our purpose and what we're committed to. When we are ready to understand what we're committed to, I would love to ask somebody in the audience, please feel free to put this in the comments if you feel bold enough to leave a comment. Mm -hmm. What are you committed to? And if possible, how does that allow you to address what God has put before you? Because if you could start with that, just start with what you think you're committed to. Start with what you think God's role is and what you're committed to. From there, we will be able to build a foundation of what the next steps need to be. So I would just leave it at that for, for the question for the audience. So again, please go to the comments and just answer that one question. What are you committed to and why? I'll leave yeah. it at that. And I would also say uh, there, as I've alluded to, we're only giving you a slither of the, yeah. the story of Daniel. One thing that I, I love about him, his three homies, uh, as we've said, he was able to get rally them together. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not just to, mm -hmm. you know, big me up and make me feel good, but, but your three closest homies, home girls, can they pray with you? Whoo! Can can you call them when you need God to move? When you need behalf? God to move. Oh, that's oof. And if you can't, you have to ask yourself, are you committed to having the right people in your life mm -hmm. who will help you see you mm -hmm. and help you bring you to your God-given destiny? We're not here for ourselves. We're not here to figure it out ourselves. Community is so important, which is why Elsie and I are, are, are hoping to build a community behind this juxtaposition platform. But I think that's something that you really want to consider. And I think that will help you realize what you're really committed to. Your three closest people who, whether you realize it or not, are most influential besides your spouse and, you know, the, the things you consume on social media, whatever. Um, ask yourself if, if you, if you, if, if they could meet you in the way that, that mm. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego met Daniel. Mm. And I, I think to take it another step, to the point of just giving you a slither. I wonder if you all who are listening to my voice are actually committed to reading the story of Daniel for yourself. 
to mm. actually leverage the richness that we can't really even fully uncover within this episode, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate, but most of us say we're committed, but we don't always follow through. But I, I challenge you to lean into this story. Um, and, you know, the beautiful thing about this season of life, which also is, is not going to be a beautiful thing for those of us who don't leverage it, God has given us so much access to him, our great grandma could not pull up a Bible app and quick quickly Google, you know, certain script week, but we can, right? Yeah. There's even on YouTube, there's a a a, a um a, a YouTube page called The Bible Project that really helps it for those who say, Oh, I'm not a reader, neither was I, right? But I realized yeah. that I was self-sabotaging myself. I realized that I had a lack of knowledge. And if I did not read, I was not going to be able to really learn commitment, embody commitment, practice commitment. So I encourage you all to lean into the story of Daniel, open the book, um, and really help yourself understand that um, your commitment or lack thereof is shaping your life. And it's not only shaping your life, woman and man of God, it's shaping the life of those who God has put under your influence. Yeah. Yeah. Or under your stewardship. And as a mm -hmm. reminder, we will make an account for for the life we've lived. And it's mm -hmm. easy for us to, again, fool other people about our commitment. But we know God, he sees us. He mm -hmm. sees us for real, for real. Mm -hmm. and he sees us from the depths of our heart. Uh, so last thing I want to say is if, if life feels fragile, unstable, or even full of issues, or if you're experiencing the same cycles, lack of growth, lack of impact, la lack of fulfillment, Today, you have an opportunity to review, mm. remove, mm. and even renew some of your commitments. Amen. And yeah. I pray that you all are sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> and by the grace of God, with your commitment, God has an ability to unlock just so much that Elsie and I have just started to tap into in yeah. this season of life. Yeah. But, but friends, um, as always, we will be back next Friday. And until next time, this is Juxtaposition.